0: Can you do that? Thank you, worship team. Those watching online, can we give it up for those as well? Come on, church. Praise the Lord. Thank you for watching online. Hey, can we give it up for Aiden Hager and Leslie Barefoot who graduated from App State? Yeah, come on. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. I don't know if they're smarter because they graduated early or if they're just lagging behind, but um, man smart. That's what I thought. That's what I told him. He said, well, thank you. That that meant a lot. Really, really, um, man, really proud of all of our young people graduating from all these colleges and universities with undergraduate degrees and master's degree and just, man, the world's going to be a smarter place because of them. I'm confident of it. And they got jobs. That's the best part. Yeah, come on, parents. That's the best part. They got jobs. Praise the Lord! No, we're proud of you guys. Congratulations! What a big deal! Um, so we're like we're kind of hitting into that end of the year uh, sermon series for all people, and then we have some really cool messages coming up of prophetic words on the thirty-first and the seventh of January. If you want to come out for that? Um, it's I was talking to Naomi's father before service. They come down from Ohio for every big event. I used to think they came down to hear my preaching. And uh, he said, are you still here? <laughs> I said, yeah. They haven't figured you out yet? I said, no, 15 years. you think they would have known by now. But I guess I just got them fooled. But I uh, really appreciate them as well, good people in the Lord. So God is good all the time. God is good. And so we, we understand. I, love, I asked Janie if she could sing the goodness of God. She sang it a couple weeks ago because it really flows with my message today. You need to know we serve a good, good father. You need to know that. That's important. I also was thinking that uh, Janie, has, uh, Janie and I have known each other uh, 75% of your lifetime. It's a long time. It's <laughs> a really long time. So it's a good. I'm, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. It's just that's a long time. That's a really that's that's a good it's a good long time, in a in a really good way. Um, uh, happy birthday, honey. This Wednesday, I have to say yeah. I, I was going to lead us in happy birthday, but I won't. Because <laughs> what. It, <laughs> I, <laughs> To you. Good job, man. There might be a spot up here. There's, yeah, front row. Got the good look. I mean, might be, might be room up here. And congratulations, Jake, to the new baby that was born just the other day, Wednesday morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all, like, what's he stalling for? I'm not. I'm not. It's not a long message. You're going to beat all the Baptists to the buffet line this afternoon. You're in good shape. It's just this is good. I just like seeing people. I love our crowd. I love Grace Church. I love people. So thank you for coming out uh, for for all people. God is so good, Uh, and you don't have to say it. (laughs) We, We listen. What what heaven did by sending Jesus is miraculous it's inconceivable but it's something that we can attach ourselves to and as a Christ follower you've attached yourself to the king of kings and the lord of lords like you have an in sometimes it's good to know for some of these younger people who are applying for jobs it's good to know somebody it's good to have an in with somebody. It's good to have uh, somebody that maybe is an alumni from the institution you graduated from or a family member or a friend or a neighbor that can put a good word in for you. You serve the master who not can only put a good word in for you. He is the word. And he is the word that was made flesh and he dwelt among us. And he came from heaven to earth so that we could move from earth to heaven when this thing's over with. So we're going to read one more time this this season, the Christmas story out of Luke, the second chapter in the Message Bible. Uh, and it says, there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. I like, again, how Eugene Peterson talks about the neighborhood. He talks about community here. And this is what maybe if Jesus were speaking or alive today, or Luke, the physician, were talking to us today from the the pulpit, he would bring it in these terms. Hey, he was in the neighborhood, like the shepherds were there, they were hanging out, they had set the night watches over their sheep, and suddenly God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around about them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. And King James would say for all people, which is our tagline. We're for all people. We're for everybody. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're looking for, for a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the love you have for your people, for all people, Father. Lord, speak blessings upon them. Lord, use them today. Open their hearts to hear and whatever they might be going through, Father, they can put it on hold for right now to learn of your goodness, the goodness that runs after each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then the rest of the story is it went from one angel to a multitude of heavenly hosts that were singing glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And so this one angel turned into almost an overflow of angels. There's multitudes and multitudes of angels. And and sometimes we look at our life and we see the problems, we don't see the problem solver. Sometimes we look in our lives and we see the debt. We don't see the person who can forgive the debt. We don't, we see the sin, we don't see the forgiveness. We see the problems in our life and God, God wants you to see the overflow today. It's a word that the Lord gave me a couple of weeks ago for 2024, and I want to minister to you on the overflow this morning, and maybe you want to write that word down. Maybe it's a word for you. I'm praying overflow for the people in our church, and overflow comes about three different ways or or three different parts, and the the first thing is the overflow comes for, it, it proclaims, all right? So we have to proclaim that overflow. Just like the angels proclaimed the goodness of God, just like the angels proclaim that God was here on earth, Emmanuel, God with us. They were proclaiming to shepherds. God's word is still proclaiming things to us today. He proclaims your victory. He he proclaims your healing. He proclaims your health. He proclaims your emotions and your finances. He he proclaims to you that you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That You too already sit in heavenly places. You are around the throne of grace. We don't know it because we're here in the physical, but in the spiritual realm, we're in heavenly places. He proclaims that. And so sometimes if I can teach you for a moment today in our uh, time together, mine and Janie's in in our our years, our 40 plus years of of marriage, of having kids and having grandkids, we've taken time to proclaim blessings over them. We've taken a moment in our prayer time. Janie and I pray every morning after we have our coffee and we read a devotion. We grab different devotion books or sometimes it's a scripture or maybe it's a devotion out of one of the, the The Bibles that we have, and then we'll pray. We'll pray blessings over our children. We pray blessings over our grandchildren. We pray blessings over their homes and their finances. And then we move on to church people. And if someone's in the hospital or having a baby, we pray for them. We pray for their their needs and we pray for their blessing. We pray for their their person. We pray for their whatever they might have need of that we're aware of. If we don't know, we're not aware of their need. Then we just proclaim favor over them. You have the right. As a believer to proclaim God's word and God's goodness over people in your life, okay? And so take advantage of that because if you call someone, I have a a long time ago, I was in sales as my career and the thing you wanted to be able to do is get the word from somebody that knew somebody and say hey so and so, Mr. Smith told me to call, if Mr. Smith knew the gatekeeper, if Mr. Smith knew the, the president or the CEO then all of a sudden their ears would perk up. If someone in our house, I think Marcus preached on it a a couple weeks ago, if someone in our house says, hey, Mama said or Papa said, there's there's an ear opener. If someone says, hey, Pastor said that might open it. If you know this, if you go to the heavenly thrones to Jesus and Jesus takes your prayer request to his father and says, Father, I'm coming here on my child's behalf. I'm coming here on my friend's behalf. I proclaim those good news. See, we have an heirship with the Father through the Son. We're joint heirs. We have a right to go boldly before the throne room of grace. Not arrogantly, but boldly to the throne room of grace. And we have a need. We can take that need. If we have a desire, we can take that desire. If we have a want, we can take that want. And we can say, Father, I want revival. Father, I want a healing. Father, I need a miracle. And all of a sudden, all of heaven opens up. And we see this with that one angel who proclaimed the good news. But when the shepherds looked up one more time, it was a heavenly host. There's proclamation there. In fact, the Bible says that when we, when we proclaim things, when we understand that we're prophesying. Let's look at Joel for a second, the second chapter. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. This is prophetically, so he, he's not calling you a wild animal. He's just simply saying, wait a second, as the pastures green up for the animals, they'll green up for you as well. Hang in there. Hang tight. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. In fact, the scripture would say the latter rain and the former rain together. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow. Everybody say overflow. Really say it loud like you mean it overflow. God wants to overflow your life. He wants you to walk in overflow. He wants you to walk in abundance with oil and with new wine. In verse 28, a part of the overflow is that afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Say all people. It's for all people, okay? Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Realized I was getting to that last season of life, Barry, because I started dreaming more. Janie said, well, you're getting old. It's prophetic. It's scriptural. Your young men will see visions. There's something about the overflow. There's something about recognizing that God's overflow wants to overtake us. And we have to proclaim that. We have to speak that into existence. It's already taken place, but we accept it. Just like the angel told Mary, he was prophesying, you're going to be with a child. He He was proclaiming it. Not only the birth was proclaimed, but the, the prophesy was proclaiming it. You're going to overflow. There's going. We, Jane and I had a, one of our houses. We've had a, several houses here in town. In one of the houses, we had a pool. And I would uh, turn the water on, the pool, and then I would go for a run, a three-mile run in the neighborhood. When I'd come back, Janie would be at the gym. I would come back, and there's a chair out in front of the house. I would sit in the chair, and I would be I, I would, you know, sweating, whatever, and grab a Gatorade, have a towel, wipe in my... Uh, I am, unfortunately, one of the people that sweat just thinking about it. I get hot no matter what time of year it is. And so Janie would be like, are you sweating? Yes, so. I'm sweating. Andrew and I were moving some furniture. He said, Pop, you're sweating all over me. Could you stop it, please? That's just what it is. And I was sitting in the chair and sweating, and an hour had gone by, an hour and 20 minutes, and it hit me. I forgot to shut the water off. And I, and I ran to the back of the yard, and the water was just ready to overflow the pool. I think we think sometimes of overflow as being bad. Maybe you've had a, a stool overflow or maybe a sink overflow. Maybe you've had a bathtub overflow and it's ruined a ceiling Ceiling, or something has happened in your life and that overflow doesn't good. Sometimes a creek will overflow or a river will overflow. Or it will flood out some floodplains. Things overflow. But in the heavenlies, overflowing is a good thing. And I think when we walk with God and we understand the overflow here, he talks about new wine and oil. That's 100% prosperity. I know people don't like to talk about prosperity in church, but how many really wants a blessing from God? Like, Pastor, I'm ready for a blessing. I'm ready for some overflow in my life. I'm ready for God to overflow. I'm tired of living on the bottom of the barrel. I want to live on the top of the barrel, Pastor. I prophesy overflow for you right now. You can't do that. Yes, I can. As God is my witness, I can. God's just waiting for people to prophesy overflow in their life. That new wine is prosperity. It's, the oil is literally the goodness of God comes running after you. So when you look at oil, have you ever, you know, stepped on an oily spot and maybe it's been slippery or it's been slick and you kind of, that's the oil, that's that running of God, that oil of God. The Holy Spirit wants to run after you. He wants to chase after you. He wants to hug you. He wants to love you. He wants to give you an overflow, an abundance of love in his life. That's overflow. Overflow. And then the goodness of strength and joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we prophesy, it's okay to prophesy the goodness of God over you, over your family, over your loved ones, over our church and our community, over the people in your life. Why? Because God's goodness is for all people and it's time that we proclaim it. So when we proclaim those things, he proclaimed it in you. He calls you complete. He knows the end from the beginning and he calls us a finished work. How many knows we're not finished just yet? We still have some things in our life that maybe God's going to clear up, or 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 take care of, or maybe get rid of, or or move in us where He's going to take care of us. But He's proclaiming you as a finished work. The second word is plant. So first we we see that we are uh, we proclaim, and now we look for the planting. We look for that thing to get planted in us. When we have God's word planted in us, we start to grow fruit. And so now I'm proclaiming, like the Bible says in Romans four and seventeen. That even God, think about that, even God who quickens the dead calls those things that aren't as though they are. So if God's calling things that aren't as though they are, you can too. You're not comparing yourself to God. God's using himself as an example. I start to call those things, I start to call success, I start to call mercy, I start to call favor, I start to call blessing, I start to call increase in favor, I start to call those things not only in my life but in your life as well. So then after something is proclaimed, then there's a seed that gets planted. After the angel told Mary she was going to be with child, the Holy Spirit came upon her and the seed of Jesus Christ was planted inside of her. There's a planting that takes place when we understand the biblical sense. So now I'm proclaiming God's goodness and all of a sudden the overflow of heaven starts to get planted with inside of me. It's an agricultural term. If you've grown around, grown up around farmland, we're from the Midwest, and so we knew a lot of farmland. We understood the the whole agricultural thing, and then we pastored in Southwest Iowa for seven years, totally got farmers. Some of the greatest faith men I've ever met are farmers. They go to the bank and borrow a million dollars, and then they put all that seed in the field, and they would believe God for rain. They would believe God for sun. They would believe God for harvest time, and then they would, they would come in. When we moved to the... Town in Southwest Iowa, Shenandoah. They were in a three-year drought. They had uh, the crops were failing. There was no, uh, there was nothing there. And uh, and the first year there, uh, we, we were just kind of stunned. And uh, the Holy Spirit dealt with my wife. We should go pray for the the farmland. We prayed for the schools. We prayed for the teachers every year. We prayed a harvest for them and their students. And and she said, let's mark. Maybe we should go pray for the the farmland. They've been in a drought here. The the crop crops are not producing. I said, let's do it. So we gathered the farmers together. We got their addresses and we went and laid oil on the on the farm farmland on the corner of the fields. We did that in the springtime of the year before they, uh, before they went out and planted the seed. And, and the farmers had hope the farmers had had, had had something in them where they agreed with this there was unity in the community there was there was love and all of a sudden they believed god would do something that hadn't been done for the last several years and he would cause it to rain and they and they wouldn't go bankrupt and so they planted the the seeds in the fields and we're talking about an average farmer in in Iowa my my farmland maybe 1500 2000 some of them 3000 5000 acres i mean this is a this is a major league deal and so they planted the seed and, and uh, we prayed for them and we anointed the, the fields and, and in the fall or in the spring, the, the rain started to come and, and all of a sudden they caught up with rain and then they had a surplus of rain and, and in the fall, the, 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 the harvest was better than they had ever dreamed of. And then the grain, the grain houses couldn't contain the grain. They spilled out over in the parking lot. And we would drive up and down the city and there would be grain. And I asked one farmer, I said, hey, how, what, like, what's the grain doing on the, on the parking lot? He said, oh, pastor, they, they, the grain bins aren't enough. We, can, we can't haul it to the grain bins fast enough. We've got to put it somewhere because we've got to go back and get more. They were all buying brand new uh, four-wheel drive pickups and all had huge smiles on their faces. It was an amazing thing. Listen, the the, the Bible says that your produce, in fact, let's read Proverbs 3, 3, uh, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, for some of you, that might be prophetic. Pastor, I ain't wealthy. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Not with somebody else's wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Your wealth will become riches. Your wealth will become blessed. Your wealth will become favorable if you honor the Lord with your wealth. Well, the church doesn't need my money. Pastor don't need my money. Pastor doesn't need your money. He does not. God's got him taken care of. God's good. You don't need your money. God don't need your money. You just need to walk in obedience. And if you walk in obedience, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your crops, agricultural term, okay? Then, everybody say then. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing. Everybody say overflow. So if, wait, wait, no, wait a second. If I give my first fruit, my tithe and offering, if I give of my wealth, whatever my wealth is, if I give that, then it's up to God, Right? And so we taught on that scripture and we said, well, if we do this, then God will do that. But when God does this, then you have to do that. We took an offering that Easter, the next Easter, after all all their crops came in, that offering was 10 times our weekly average. 10 times. Now, Brian knows what our weekly average, Brian might be here. Brian, I'm praying for a tenfold offering. (laughs) Just ten times, Lord. Just ten times, Lord. Ten times, the farmers got it. They understood. Ten times, it was ten times. As God is my witness, it was ten times what our average offering was. They brought their first fruits to the storehouse. Their vats, their barns were overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So again, what's what's that? Now this is new wine. Now this is, on this particular case, when you look at the honor, the wealth, the first fruits, the produce, you'll have plenty, you'll burn, it's kingdom blessing. And the kingdom blessing, one more time, is God's goodness. Is this a tithing message? No, it's a proclamation message that I want you proclaim, and then you have to plant. If I don't plant, I can keep proclaiming that I'm that I'm a good person. But if I don't plant, if I don't act like it, right? If I don't do those things, if I don't walk in that realm. So many people uh, understand tithing and giving, and fr- but the first fruits isn't just giving of your resources of your wealth. It's giving of your good deeds. It's giving of your good time. It's giving. And Paul says what. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. If you sow in the flesh, you'll reap in the flesh. If you sow in the spirit, you'll sow reap in the spirit. If you sow good things, you'll reap good things. If you sow bad things, you'll reap bad things. And so there's not only then it'll be proclaiming, then we're planting. We have to plant. We we say it in our head, don't eat the seed don't, you have to have some seed, and the farmers would say that, well, we have to keep some seed back, we get the 90%, we have to put some seed back, we have to put it back into the ground, and so we understand then that we have to plant, we allow God to plant his word in us, and then we plant his word in others, and then the last but not least, that word is performed, so we proclaim, right, and then we uh, plant, and then we Perform the script. Well, let me read one scripture here. I'll read it out of Isaiah. We don't have it up there. Isaiah 55 says this, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall perform that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And so we have God's word that we send. It's proclaiming. He puts seed into it. And then he sees the performing of it. It, it performs so that when... When we understand the overflow of heaven and we proclaim or receive God's uh, proclamation over us, we allow his seed to be planted in us and then it performs through us. And so if you have a need today and you say, Father, uh, uh, Father God, I have need of this, allow his word to resonate within you so that the performance of that word comes out of you. It may be a blessing, it may be hope. Let's read out of Romans 15 and 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. All right, so here we understand that we have to have trust in God. God, I must trust you. And so I say this nearly every day, my belief, my hope, my faith, my confidence, and my trust is in you, Father. I I don't say it religiously, but I do say it uh, often. I say it to to where it's not a uh, prayer of repetition, it's just a prayer of desire. God, I know that I have friends, I know that I have family, I know that I have loved ones, uh, but, you know, sometimes people will fail you, right? But I know that God will never fail. So my faith, hope, trust, belief, and confidence is in the Father. Lord, I trust in you, and he said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Hope, joy, and peace—three of the Advent candles. If you if you followed the Advent candles at Christmas time, the, the fourth one is love. And so Paul is saying his own little Christmas story here. I want the God of hope and joy and peace as we trust in Him, so that you may what overflow. So you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is this hope? Why why is it important to have hope? Because without hope, your faith doesn't work. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you have no hope, faith doesn't even work. Faith is like, um, faith is the key that starts the engine, but hope, hope is the engine. If I if I my fate's gonna start it, but if I don't have that engine kicking in, that's the hope. And if you have just a glimmer of hope, just a just a glimmer of hope. Is Brady here? Where's my grandson Brady at? Where is Brady? He's helping downstairs. Brady's six foot three. And he he works out with me. I pick him up once or twice a week and we go to the house and we work out. And, uh, and he's a good kid, he's a solid kid, but he's hilarious. He's just a funny guy, and you don't know if he's, like, serious. And him and Drew were talking at the dinner table the other day. They were saying things. I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what, what language are you speaking right now? All these slogans and things. And, and I said, Brady, how's school going? He said, it's going pretty good. And, and you got to kind of, you know, the younger generation, you got to open them up a little bit. Like, you know, you got to dig in. Like, all right, so how, how, what's your grade point average? What are you doing? And after we we're talking, I said, so is school, is school going good? And he said, well, mom says Harvard's out of the question. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Yeah, well, we're not there yet. But we, I said, so he was asking about the SAT and the ACT tests and scores. And, and I said, well, that, that's a thought. I said Brady. I said I guess if you aced your SAT or the or the SAT or the ACT, if you aced them, you you know maybe Harvard will take a second look at you. He said, so you say there's hope. Are you saying there's hope then, Poppy? And I said I think there. Yeah, there, there's hope. He says, has anybody ever aced it? I said, yeah, I think Grammy did. <laughs> I said, no, people have aced them di- different. Days and seasons. Yeah, I I mean, if you ace it, you'll have your pick at university. And he said it one more time. So you're saying there's hope if I, he said, well, I I did take the PSAT. I said, how'd you do? He said, well, it was extremely easy. So I'm not sure if I did a good job or not. (laughs) I said, well, you're either brilliant or maybe you should take a little bit more time on that. But I saw something in him literally that rose up when he said, so you say there's hope? Yeah, there's hope. See, sometimes we'll go to the doctor or we'll go to a counselor, we'll go to a friend, and it's like it's a hopeless situation. And all they need to do is at some point in time instill just a little bit of hope. Well, this medicine should work or this theory should work or this counseling will work or maybe this book will work or maybe I'm telling you right now, you serve the God of hope, church, and he works on your behalf with overflowing. Can you give the Lord just five-second praise offering today because he's worthy. You serve the God of hope. You serve the God of hope. Come on, dad. Listen, he, he, when, we, when we recognize, when we recognize the God we serve, we recognize the God that is in love with us, we serve this God of hope. of Psalms 23 and 5, the Bible says, he, he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. And when my cup overflows, then, then I have this understanding in life that uh, I'm not only anointed, but I have overflow. So the overflow now, it doesn't work uh, against me, it works for me. It's nothing to be afraid of, it's something to walk in union with. And so the overflow comes through me then to help others. So that if I've been encouraged by God and his word, I'm to encourage others. If I've been blessed by God in his word, I'm to bless others. If I've been given Jesus, I'm supposed to give Jesus to others. I looked up the word overflow, and here's what some of the meanings are. Beyond capacity, far too much. To spread or cover, to feel way beyond, to become overwhelmed, to run over, to be exuberant, overflowing with plenty. And then I mix it with some spiritual needs. So you're telling me, God, if you're talking in these three verses about overflowing, and maybe my life seems a little bit empty, or maybe I seem a little bit distraught, and I know it's Christmas time, but maybe I just don't have that joy, or I'm not happy, or maybe something just terribly has happened to me. And I'm looking, I'm trying to find my place, then the heavens overwhelm you with love, overwhelm you with mercy, with forgiveness, with health, with blessings, with joy, with miracles, with healings, and with victory. Can you stand and just give the Lord one more shout of praise, because you serve a God that wants to overflow in your life. He's the overflowing God. He overflows you with hope. He overflows you with peace. He overflows you with joy. He overflows today. You have that power in your life to overflow. God is an overflowing God. And so I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing a song. And maybe during this next song, if you just say, hey, Father, it's okay if your tank's running a little empty or a little dry. God, would you fill me up? Or would you fill my heart? Fill me, just fill me, Lord, fill me, fill me. Let me overflow. I've been on both sides of it, I'll be honest with you. The overflowing side's a lot better. But I've been on the side where I've been drained, where I've been in need, where I've been desperate, where I've called on God. God, are you there? And I had to realize it's okay for me to speak prophetically over my situation. It's okay to allow God to plant his seed in me, however it looks. And so that the performance of his word, according to Isaiah 55, 11, would come up out of me. Father, I pray right now that you would perform those things that you've already prophesied over the great people in Grace Church, those watching online, those listening on podcasts, those here in the service today, Lord, that you would perform the word you've prophesied over them, the word you proclaimed over them, and the word you've planted in their spirit. Lord, would you perform that this Christmas season? Lord, love, hope, joy, peace, goodness, long suffering, whatever it is, Father, blessing, favor, increase, Lord, whatever it looks like, would you perform it according to your word, not our word, but according to your word and according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Amen. Give the Lord one more shout of praise. Let's worship today. God bless you.
1: give your pastor a hand of appreciation just for preaching that message today and encouraging all of us. So many amazing takeaways, but I just love that part about just giving to God everything, you know, and just surrendering it all to him. He was talking about the farmers and I had the privilege of knowing these same guys because I'm his son and we grew up in the same church and whatnot. But um, it was kind of a cool part because when the farmers got that huge increase, right? And then they said, all right, God, I'm gonna be faithful to you, I'm gonna tithe. And we had that big offering and it was all good. You know, it wasn't the first time that those farmers had given to the Lord and had tithed. Am I right, Papa? It wasn't the first time. It was based off of their character. Here's what happens. This is what the word tells us, that if you're faithful with the little things that God gives to you, then he'll give you more, and then you can be faithful with the bigger things. And so today I wanna to challenge each one of you. You might say, well, that would be really easy. You know, if I, if, God, if, I had, if I was retired and I had all this time, man, I'd give back to God then. Or if I had a check for a million dollars come in, whoo, I'd be so faithful to God and I would give right back to him. Or if God gave me with that beautiful voice, like these guys up here all have these beautiful voices. If God gave me that talent, man, I would just use that for the Lord. I know I would if I could sing like Miss Janie. But here's what I wanna challenge you whatever you do have, be faithful with that. And God is gonna increase you. He's gonna give you more. He's gonna be faithful to you. Trust me, you're not gonna lack for anything, but then he's gonna put more on you. If you use the time that you have and you say, you know what, I'm not retired. I don't have a lot of time, but what time do you have? You say, I I don't have a lot of money right now. Things are tight. Well, well, what do you have? You know, you say, I don't have a lot of talent, But, but what can you do? Are you good behind the scenes? Are you good helping in a, in a certain area of the church where, you know, you're not having a microphone, but I'm going to be faithful with what I have, and then God is going to do the rest. John chapter 12 says this, that if it's like a kernel of corn or a grain of wheat, it first has to die in the ground. You plant it. You have to let go of it. You have to say goodbye to that forever, but then you see the harvest. So if that's you today and you say, you know what, I just want to not hold on to my life so tightly that that I I can't, I'm gonna open my hand and say, you know what, God, I'm gonna just die out to my flesh. I'm gonna die out to myself and I'm gonna give it to you. In a posture of just surrender, would you just open your hands today to the Lord and say, I'm going to surrender my life. In essence, I'm dying to myself, whether that's your time, talent, treasures, all of the above or something that I didn't mention. I believe that God wants to use you kind of like a grain of wheat or a kernel a, a kernel of corn and he wants you to be such a huge harvest. I'm talking about your life, not just your gift or what you can do, but you. I want you to be such a harvest. But first, it's dying to yourself. And it's to say, "God, I want to give my life to you." And then watch what God is going to do for you. I want to put a blessing on you this Christmas season. Honestly, that's what God did. He left heaven and he came to earth and it's almost like a seed that was planted in the ground and he died, Jesus literally died so that there could be a harvest of souls so that we could have life. So Lord, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to this earth to die like a kernel of wheat or of grain of wheat that was planted in this earth. Lord, that Jesus, you lived a life And you died and you you rose from the dead so that we could have life. In the same way, our response to that greatest gift of all this Christmas season is to surrender our lives to you. It's to say, God, we're just gonna sow back into the kingdom of God, our time, our talents, our treasures, whatever it is that you've called, and you might be convicting us of certain things right now. God, we say yes to that. And we cheerfully say, we respond with joy, with gladness to say, here we are. I pray that you would produce a harvest in each person here. That we would bear the kind of fruit that only comes when we say yes to Jesus. We choose to follow you today. And that this Christmas is going to be different because we are walking surrendered wholly to you. God, bearing the kind of fruit that you've called us to. And I thank you for the miracles that are happening right now. And that this Christmas, God, we walk in the joy of the Lord as our strength and that promise that you've given to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you. We hope to see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Great students, come get your toys. woo Middle school and high school. Other kids, go get your toys downstairs.